Don't check <laughs>
They went That's 10 right. and six, yeah. missed the playoffs. Derek Anderson went to the Pro Bowl. You right. know, that was, I think, Joe Thomas's rookie year. We had Brady Quinn, but Brady Quinn didn't even really do anything. And that was like the first round pick, you know, and I was really confused as to what in the hell was going on up in Cleveland. And then the wheels fell off in 08, you know, and then I was just like, okay, this is what it's like being a Browns fan. And I've just been in love with it ever since for some really demented reason that I don't want to unpack in therapy. So well, and that's what that's what being a Browns fan is. It's just a long, <laughs> long lengthy therapist session. Yes. And, and yeah. Surrounded in bars in the Cleveland area and the flats and everywhere else and stadiums and in mm-hmm. living rooms all around Northeast Ohio and throughout the country uh, yeah. of just people kind of that's that's what galvanizes us as fan as mm-hmm. Browns fans. I think more so than what you see in any other fan base. I think it's very unique. You see Browns backers are are international and it's yeah. one of the largest. Uh, organized Browns fans groups. And, and I think one of the things that makes us so unique and so special is the fact that we've done that through all the losing, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the yeah. end of the Grinch, right? Where the Grinch <laughs> is saying, wait a second, they didn't get Super Bowls. They don't have presents and, and they're still there. They're still there yeah. on Sunday, you know, and yeah. they're still supporting their team. And, and so I think it's so special now to have a team that's on the, on, on the cusp of something that, that could be really, um, that we haven't seen before as a fan base and seeing how our fan base reacts. That's going to be fun. And then how the national media reacts to our fan base reacting. So I'm going to be front and center, of course, for all of that. So Chris, you have a large Browns following and Browns Twitter really enjoys your tweets and content and such. Where Some could do. we? Some do not. That's <laughs> true. Where could we find your content? What are you doing these days for Browns fans? Yeah. So, you know, I started my Twitter account back about, I think it was seven years ago or so now at reflog underscore 18, which is just golfer backwards, right? One of my uh, friends back in high school. I never noticed that. that I I was a golfer. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, it it was, it just came out of what I do as a normal, you know, fan, uh, which is just watching games and commenting on them. Uh, At that time I'd had my kids and, you know, um, you don't go to the bars anymore. You're not really hanging out as much. And so you're just kind of there by yourself and thinking, well, you know, I think this stuff's kind of witty that I say, and there's no one around to appreciate it. So I've got to at least share it with somebody. So I started putting it on Twitter and I guess it got, uh, you know, pretty popular and kind of bold, bold on from there. And, uh, now I've got, you know, bunch of followers on there and it makes it a lot of fun come game time because you're always interacting with these fans and, and and everybody in Browns in the Browns universe is so creative really I mean there's not only me there's so many people out there that are just fantastic uh, on there that it makes game day like at a different level now not only what's happening on the field but then what's happening on social media it's pretty yeah yeah it's you know Browns Browns Twitter is always very very active right and you know, it's, I think it's, it goes back to kind of what you mentioned earlier, we all rallied really in that misery. And so, you know, being, you know, as Twitter was really blowing up, especially Twitter, I think allowed, obviously, the way Twitter is set up, you just tweet, 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 right? So you can literally live tweet the game and live tweet your misery, right? And I think that really brought everybody together, like, well, if we're going to watch this shit together, we might as well make fun of it together, make fun of each other. And then, just you know just whatever happens happens right and you saw that through the rise of twitter you saw that all the way up through 2016 and it it just there i remember distinctly going through that season and even the browns twitter 
was just giving up on the season. Like there were times when they would be, yeah. they would be live tweeting things and they would just tweet like an upside down emoji. And I was like, this is perfect. Yeah. Like this is really peak, you know? And it was just so, I don't know. It was just so funny. Like Brown Twitter is just so funny. And whether it's intentionally making fun of them or it's the Browns, you know, whatever, it's just such a unique, I think, you know, what you talked about with the Browns fandom really translates to online too. Like, it's just such a fun place to be, whether they're winning or losing, everyone's just kind of like, well, we might as well have fun with it regardless. Always having fun with it and always at war, right? Always kind of treat the Browns kind of the way you do family, at least I do, right? Where, you know, my brother and sister, I can rip on them all day long, right? As soon as somebody who doesn't know them or isn't yeah. family starts to rip on them, that's a problem, right? And I'm going to come <laughs> after them. Same Every thing with the Browns. Time. Like, I'll rip on the Browns. Heck, I had no one 16 parade for this team. I will rip on them when they're down. But, you know, you're a Steelers fan coming in here. Uh uh-uh, uh uh-uh, No, I'm not going with you on that. You and I are going to go to war. So uh, that's, yeah. that's the interesting dynamic you get kind of the family mixed with Cleveland Browns fandom that that is mm-hmm. you know what what our fan base is all about yeah yeah absolutely I mean it's very it's a very welcoming fan base to Cleveland fans right but then you know everyone like you said everyone kind of makes fun of them together because it's what we've been doing for so long it's it's all that we've been able to do you know to get through you know to get through these seasons to get through every Sunday when you know we know they're going to lose but yet one o'clock comes we're like all right well turn it on and we'll see what happens you know and it just is what it is. It was just part of the thing that you did on Sundays and, you know, Cleveland or even where I am down here in Columbus, you know, most of us in Columbus are Browns fans, I would say, you know, more so than Bagels fans. I feel like Ohio There's no doubt is about it. predominantly a Cleveland Browns kind of state. Right. And the Bengals yeah. are just kind of there, you know, especially since whatever we know all that. Right. So it's, it is what it is. So I, you know, you just kind of did it. And like you said, when someone else comes in, especially, you know, Steelers fans are like, ha ha, the Browns is like, well, ha ha, fuck you. Right. Like we don't, right. you can't say yeah, yeah. that. And that's, the, you know, and that's the way we've always grown up with the Browns. That's why we're so galvanized. You know, we we've been through the wars together, watching this team. We've seen the Deshaun Kaisers. We've seen, you know, the, uh, the Johnny footballs out there and all these other quarterbacks that have been jammed down our throats. The Hugh Jackson. Oh my goodness. We've I was so through. hype on him. Oh, yeah, all these guys, right? And we've seen all these clowns that have come yeah. through, war, you know, wore our colors, represented us, and ended up being embarrassments, really. <laughs> and we've dealt with all of that. Yeah. And so it's nice to turn a corner finally and be talking about things that are yeah. a heck of a lot more positive and talking about expectations in Cleveland, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's 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 a good way to kind of bring into it. You know, what we wanted to first start off this was, you know, you mentioned the change of expectation, expectations, the change of how we watch, you know, the Browns now. And I think obviously that really starts really with the preseason right now. Cause we talked about this a little bit before we start yeah. recording, but you can now watch these games and you can enjoy them for what they are, right? It's, it's guys fighting for roster spots that, you know, are just going to be rounding out the roster, right? It's, it's not watching guys fighting to start that really wouldn't be would be on the practice squad for like the Patriots back when they were kind of chucking through it, you know, or pretty much any other team. Right. So you've got these guys that we see making good plays in the preseason and we're like, okay, they're, they're good for the practice squad. Right. And it's not the, Hey, that guy's making good. We're going to have to find a way to root for him and hope that he can be our wide receiver too, for the love of God, you know? 
Yeah, we're not having this mercurial like response to a good play by a quarterback like Deshaun Kaiser, where it's like, oh, franchise quarterback, did you see that dime? You know, he's going to be our guy for the next five years or 10 years or whatever. You know, we're not having those kind of reactions where, you know, everybody outside of Brown's fandom goes, uh, yeah, okay, okay, guys, you may want to slow your roll on that. Uh, it's more looking at this team saying, okay, most of the guys we're going to see on Sunday that are going to be making contributions are on the sidelines right now. These guys that are in there between those sidelines are going to be backups. They're going to be maybe bagging my groceries next week, no matter what they do. Um, and it's fun. You know, I was in a golf outing that first, very first game, and I was there with a whole lot of Browns fans. And, you know, I was in the Cleveland areas up at Little Mountain, which is Jimmy Hanlon's place um, up there. And I was surprised because the game came on. And it was me and kind of a little group really paying attention to the game. The rest of the group was kind of doing the social thing. And I was surprised. The reaction was like, well, it's just preseason. We don't care. And it's like, wow, that's, that's amazing. Because you'd think, you know, I, back the last 20 years, we'd be looking for, okay, who's our starting running back? Who's our starting quarterback? Are we going to make a bunch of mistakes? Are we going to have coaching mistakes out there? Is this team going to embarrass us week one? We're looking for indications that's not going to happen. Whereas now it's like, no, we're playing our backups. We may be able to sort some things out on the depth chart, but we're not talking about things that are really going to move the needle too much in week one. We already have that stuff set. So it's nice to have that kind of quiet confidence that we're not used to. Yeah, back then, I think like people watch preseason and they wanted to see a win because Browns didn't see much of that. And now it's just like, Let's play the backups. Let's not play the starters. Um, hope the stars don't get injured. Unfortunately, Browns have lost a couple, but it's been depth guys because that's like the time kind of team they are now. They just play the backups in the preseason, let the starters sit till week one. They might play it a little in the last week, but it's just crazy how times changed. And we're not putting guys into Canton from preseason work anymore. We That's talked right. <laughs> before about Josh Lentz, right? Guys like that, like wide receivers who have a good game, and all of a sudden you say, oh, this guy, this guy is – we found a real gem here, you know, a diamond in the rough. We're not looking for those type of guys. We're looking for guys who can contribute later on, yeah. who can contribute in certain situations, you know, situational t- type of football, not every down people. So yeah. it's, it's a new Browns, a new era. It is. It is. And it, it's, it's fun. You know, it's fun watching those guys kind of break out for a little bit and have, you know, have their kind of time to shine. Right. Cause I think that's, I think that's great for them. You know, it's great for those guys to come out and have some time, have some stuff to put on film. Cause obviously, you know, we know the stars don't need it. We, we all pretty much know who our stars are going to be across the board. Right. I right. mean, you really do. Um, and so Brandon and I have talked about this before and our desire to just kind of, you know, watch the preseason for what it is don't really want to see any starters, but I'm curious if you would want to see anybody, you know, any stars out there for a series or anything, or if you're just content, just trusting them in practice and letting them go till week one. Oh, let them go until week one. I'm I'm completely fine with that. I think the real work can be done in practice for a lot of these guys. They have things pretty well set. I think Stefanski's got a good handle on what he wants to do already in week one. All of this other stuff is just dry runs that really don't mean anything other than the NFL sticking it to season ticket holders and making them purchase (laughs) these, these tickets that are basically worthless. But uh, yeah, I, you know, you, I mean, I think we've kind of driven it into the ground, but just get through injury free. Let's get to week one and let's talk about some real football, you know? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, 
I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing maybe a series, but that would be it. Um, those joint practices, I think those are important for the team. And it's kind of a preseason in a way. And the Browns got that. and went the Giants. And I think that's beneficial heading into the season. I think it's beneficial to find out who can fight on the team. And the Giants will be good. <laughs> <laughs> if, we, if we really get into a scuffle later on in the season, we'll know we'll which guys need to be held back and which guys, you know, closing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, as as we kind of get through the preseason, obviously there's gonna be, you know, a lot of a lot of cuts, right? A lot of a lot of these guys, like you mentioned, you know, aren't aren't gonna be on the roster. The joke of they're gonna be bagging groceries. And honestly, sometimes that's not a joke, right? Some of them literally will be, you know, and that's you know, that's a tough thing for them to kind of get through. But as we look at it, as you're looking at it, and what do you expect? You what are I guess any surprises that you can see, whether that's people that are making it people that you may think get cut that are not necessarily people thinking of right now? Well, I don't know about guys that are getting cut. I, you know, the, the guys who stand out to me are the guys who I think a lot of people have been talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, Owusu Karamoa. I mean, JOK has been, been fabulous. I was a big fan of us drafting him. I yeah. thought like a lot of people did that, you know, when we didn't draft him initially that, mm-hmm. oh man, he was sitting right there, guys, boy, yeah. okay, going a different direction. We're going corner. That's fine. We need a corner and Newsom will be okay. But man, I, I don't know. That guy can just do so much on the field. You yeah. hate to lose that guy. And then we go and get him and it's like, oh man, that's yeah. Andrew Barry just with some wizardry right there. <laughs> and he has not, um, you know, has not disappointed at all in the preseason. It's done very, very well. I like yeah. to see that. And then Donovan Peoples-Jones on on the other side at the wide receiver. A lot of people have talked about it, but it's nice to see the kind of chemistry he has with Baker Mayfield. You know, um, there's so many weapons on the offense. Mm. I can't wait to see all these yeah. guys together because, you you know, Jarvis Landry, OBJ, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Hollywood Higgins, you know, that's the receivers. You talk about the depth at tight end. You mm-hmm. talk about, you know, obviously the running back, the two-headed monster we've got back there. And then I, I do – this is one of those things that's kind of interesting to me uh, in preseason is how Stefanski's kind of experimenting a little bit. And, and this Johnny Stanton stuff, you know, mm-hmm. we're running plays with him that I don't think we're going to see much, if at all, in the regular season. And I don't know whether it's to get it on film, to get teams kind of thinking about it, or maybe sure. maybe he'll pull it out later on. But, you know, that's the type of guy who's a utility knife. You can kind of use him all over the place Yeah. Uh, if we decide to keep him. And we know that Kevin Stefanski loves those type of guys, you yeah. know. Um, so that's going to make this fun because you have – absolutely. Baker's got options. He's got weapons all over the field. He's behind a line that is fantastic. And you just say, wow, man, this, this could be a lot of fun. And then you go to the defensive side of the ball where we know the Browns did their homework and put in a whole lot of work in the off season. And you start to see some returns there. I, I get really concerned. You know, we haven't seen Ward yet a whole lot. Uh, Delpit now going out. You you wonder how this is exactly going to crystallize, but I think we've got enough talent at the, at the top end enough depth. Um, I still have some, some concerns around linebacker, but uh, overall this should be, should be a good unit. And if it gels the way I think it can, I I think both sides of the ball, the Browns are going to look pretty good come the regular season. Yeah. You mentioned a Stefanski experiment with the players. I really liked what I've seen with, uh Felton he's played at receiver he was good there last preseason game he ran the ball he ran it hard he was good there um 
may not be a player we see a ton in the regular season. He just he's buried behind guys, and um, in the preseason he's really been able to show what he could do. Down the line, he could be a guy. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, same thing. You know, and it's nice to say, hey, it would be nice if this guy can give us something throughout the year. Yeah, um, but we're not asking him to be, you know, the number one guy. Um, we're not asking him even to to contribute on the regular. It's mm-hmm. somebody who can change things up, give us some options, give us some flexibility. And that's what I, I think, and rightfully so, Kevin Stefanski is really using this preseason for, is yeah. to experiment, do things that you can't necessarily do in practice. You can't get the level of simulation, but you can in the preseason because you got, you're going against some guys who are really trying, um, you know, who on the opposite side of the ball. They're trying to get their reps in. They're trying to make a team too. So um, you've got some live ball there where you can try out some things that you won't see later on. And I think Stefanski is smart enough to do that now and and really see what kind of talent and, and, and what kind of options that he'll have going into the regular season. So with the rise of Peoples-Jones, he looks like he yeah. may be taking over that third wide receiver, wide receiver position. Um, do you see any impact on that with Rashard Higgins lessening his role, possibly not even on the team? No, I, I think we keep Higgins, right? Um, I, I'm a big fan of Higgins. I, I really am. Not, not only the, uh, the flash, you know, the sizzle of Hollywood, but then also, you know, the meat. I mean, that guy, that guy carried us through some games. Um, last year where we weren't at hundred percent at wide receiver and he really adds yeah. that flash and you could tell Baker um, Baker's really got some good chemistry with him as he does with, let's be honest, a lot of guys on uh, in that wide receiver core. But sure. I hate, I hate, I hate to lose a guy like that who I think has got a lot of talent and maybe I'm going Josh Lentz on him a little bit, <laughs> um, but, but he's one of my favorites that that's on that wide receiver yeah. core in that room. So uh, I hope we, I hope he sticks on and I think he will. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, I, you know, we had a guest on a week ago that mentioned he, the reason we brought that up was because he mentioned he could see that potentially just due to the rise of people's Jones. And there's a part of me that can, but also I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Chris. I'm like, I don't, I don't necessarily see it right now. You know, I, I think we've got the luxury of having this. So why, you know, especially this year when we've got the room to keep him, why ax him just for the sake of axing him, you know, I mean, if we don't extend him after the year because we don't have the money for it, then I think that's right. a bridge that we cross then. But, you know, if, if we are going to go all in, you might as well keep as many weapons as you can. And I'm, you know, kind of with you and that I do love him as a player. I think, you know, back, you know, back when the Browns were, you know, kind of struggling a little bit, you really had to find guys that really embraced the city of Cleveland, right? And I think obviously Baker did that when he got here, but Higgins was here a little bit before that. And really, I think kind of did the same thing, you know? And so for me, I want to see him kind of be able to be here and see it through to, you know, he was obviously here when we were really, really bad, right? So now that we're good, and, and that's kind of that level of, I don't want to get rid of him because I think he deserves to see us be good, you know, and he went through the same thing that kind of in joke did with going being randomly in the doghouse of Freddie kitchens, you know, and he stuck it out and he came out the other side, you know, so that's a guy that if we can keep him and there's no need, you know, financially to get rid of him or he doesn't ask to leave, then I want us to keep him. Yeah. Yeah. And you see Kaderil Hodge, I mean, kind of the same mm-hmm. type of guy, right. You know, he had a nice, nice catch last week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got, you've got depth there. You've got, 
um, a lot of talent there. They, yeah, down, absolutely. Down that, um, down the depth chart. And yeah, we're going to get into a situation where it's life in the big city, right? We haven't yep. been in the big city in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Urban Meyer used to talk about that just all the time here at Ohio State. You mm -hmm. talk about, you know, them making these type of decisions where it's like, hey, it's a talented guy. He may not get playing time or he may get cut, you know, um, that that those those are the type of things that good teams have mm -hmm. to go through. And the Browns are eventually going to have to do that uh, yeah. But right now with our salary cap and where we're at, we loaded up so that exactly. we can be in this position right now where we can keep a lot of that talent. Now mm -hmm. we may have to make those decisions down the road, but for right now we're loaded up for this year and hell yeah. is ground. And that's good enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah absolutely. Everybody absolutely. talk about long-term and that's Andrew Barry's job in my mind. Yeah. Andrew Barry's job is to figure this out for the next 10 years as a Browns fan who has been through the thick and the thin and mostly the thin with this team. Yeah, absolutely. I want to see us win this year and set us up for that and yeah. make sure we're not mortgaging the future, but at <laughs> the same time, give me as much talent on that field for mm -hmm. 2021, 2022, because we can make a real run at this thing. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that entirely. And you know, we haven't even talked about Schwartz yet. Right. And that's, that's the yeah. guy that I think is certainly more so for the future than this year. Right. I mean, I think yeah. he was really insurance just in case we needed him. And, you know, we've talked about some guys that Stefanski likes to have some fun with. He could be one of those guys, you know, and, and that's the thing. We don't need him to go out there right now because we've got guys like Hodge, like Peoples Jones, like Higgins, and obviously Landry and OBJ. So I agree. I'll let, I'll let Andrew Barry stress about this. I'm not going to stress. It. It's fun to talk about it. But once that's the right. regular season starts, I couldn't. The 2022 was not even remotely on my mind until the off season, right? And I'm sure he's got a plan. Obviously, I think there's nothing he's done so far to make me concerned about it. So we'll we'll cross those bridges and make those tough choices. Or actually, we won't. He will. We'll let him deal with that. And then we'll just be along for the ride and hope that we can see this thing through through a deep playoff run. That's, that's all I really want to see. Yeah, you know, we've led the league in how many years running in cap space. Mm -hmm. Now it's time yeah. not to lead the league in cap space. We've got talent pay the talent that we've got, be smart about it. And, and let's, let's go and win this thing. So we talked about the receivers a little bit. Um, one that's really shined for the Browns so far in the preseason is Davion Davis. And it may just be because of who's out there, but he's made some good plays. What's been your thoughts on him so far? Yeah. You know, it's kind of the same, kind of the same that, that I had with Josh Lentz. You know, I keep going back to that, but you see these guys making plays and it's like, okay, how much of that is preseason? How much of that is real talent? How much of that is situational? Um, how much of that is experimental? Um, until you really see it in the, the regular season would start. Um, and, and who knows, you know, whether he's going to figure into those plans, but um, that's, that, 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 that's really the bridge, right? Um, for right now, hell, I think there's so much talent there. I'm not the guy. I don't want to be the guy who'd have to make those decisions over cuts and things like that because uh, I, I think that we could go in with many different variations uh, of this core and, and probably be pretty good. So there's going to be some tough decisions come cut downs. The suspension factor, um, he suspended two games. Do you, you think that plays into that role much? You'd think so, because you, when you're talking at the margin, then you've got to bring everything into it, sure, right? Sure. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I think you know he was already kind of on the fringe, you know, and then that's one of those things you kind of got to stay in with his good graces, and then you know something like that happens, and it's how how much you know how much room did you really have to slip up like that, you know? Yeah. So I think that's one of those things that you're just like you said, just what we've talked about before, just tough choices, right? And luckily we don't have to make those. So um, you know, and and obviously we're we're getting done with that last preseason game, then it's the Chiefs, and that's for me. That's I you know, in years past, obviously would have been very nervous about coming out and playing a team like the Chiefs week one. Chris, I don't know if you're nervous. I guess maybe I would say nervous, but I don't know if that's the right word for it. I'm just cautiously, I guess, excited for it. You know, I'm just excited to have the Browns back in general. And then I want us to be able to play the Chiefs because, you know, we'll be at full strength and fingers crossed, you know, obviously we should be, they should be. I think there won't be really any room for, any excuses right obviously we didn't have obj last time there you know mahomes was kind of going through what he was going through so this really should be a true test of you know where the browns are right well i'm prepared for an overreaction that's what i'm prepared for right either way um because if we win it's super bowl yep lose it's same old browns sure there's not much in between uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's going to be the narrative and either way, it's going to be very, very loud and very yeah. strong. And I'm trying to kind of prep myself for that mm-hmm. because this is a 17 game season. And when you get to the end of that season, what happens in, in game one, game two, heck the first quarter of the season really Absolutely. doesn't have much bearing. It's really where you finish up, right? It is a mm-hmm. building thing throughout the season. And although we think and we keep talking about how the Browns are kind of built, uh, it's still a journey. You know, the Patriots during their dynasty, it was still a journey every single season. Yeah. They'd have their little narratives of what's happening in different positions and things they'd have to overcome, you know, injuries, hell, throw COVID yeah. into it these days. You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the by the time you get to the end, you're like, yeah, you think about a game back earlier in the season. It's like, yeah, that was a big deal at yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, winning it, losing it, that's not going to make us for the playoffs. That's not going to cost us the playoffs, most likely. Right. I, I say that with the football you know, <laughs> hovering over where the Browns lose that game and then miss the playoffs by one game at the end. Yeah. That would just be the irony of being a Browns fan and me saying sure that. Sure would. But, but nonetheless, I, I think a lot more is going to be made of it than it really matters. It's yeah. not, it's not a winner go home. It's not one of those games. Obviously we want to win it. It means a lot right. more for the Cleveland Browns, I think, than what it does for the chiefs. Um, but having said that a win doesn't mean we're winning the super bowl. A loss doesn't mean we're not. Yeah, I could definitely see the overreaction there. I could see Colin Coward right now. I, his show. Oh, yeah. If we lose, <laughs> but um, it would be nice. And, to and go if and... we lose for Colin, I mean, that's two months. Who cares that we play, you know, another six games during the time that he's going to be talking about. Yeah, he has content forever. <laughs> it won't matter. I mean, if Baker should pick up a hat on the sidelines and put it sideways on his head, that'll be the end of it. That's a death knell for the, for the rest of the season for Colin. But I, and that's the way, not only Colin, but a lot of the guys nationally, I mean, we, we know it. You can almost feel it as a Cleveland fan. The national people just sit there and wait for Cleveland to become, you know, the Browns is the Browns, right? We even heard it last year. They even said it out loud. Um, And, you know, most of the time we give them all kinds of fodder. I don't think it's going to be that way this year. 
But mm-hmm. even if we don't win that first game, I'm not losing a whole lot of sleep because I'm really yeah. confident in what we're putting out there. And I couldn't say that in the past. You know, right. even after you referenced that 2002, the Dennis Northcutt dropping the damn ball <laughs> against the Steelers. I'll never forget that. We should have won that ball game. Yeah. You know, even after that, that thing was stuck together with glue and duct tape. Yeah, that exactly. The whole team was. You had a lot, lot of veterans, and we were trying to put something together, and we really weren't building as much as we thought we were. So games mm-hmm. – you know, after that, we're, we're more, okay, do we really have it? Do we really have it? I go into the season, guys. I'm pretty confident that we've got it. We've yeah. just got to overcome something we haven't had in this town in a long time, and that's expectations. And we've got sure. to be able to play up to that as a team. And we've got enough talent in that room. We've got enough talent on the roster. We've got enough talent in the front office, which is amazing to say, um, and on the sidelines and the coaches, that this team will be able to go far. And you lose a game like that. You win a game like that. You deal with adversity. That's what good teams do, and that's what we're going to have to do. And I, I trust Kevin Stefanski to be able to to navigate yeah. us through either way. Yeah, absolutely. After what he navigated us through last year, right? I mean, his first yeah. year, all all the you know the off season that he was was what it was. You know, I mean, and then winning the playoff game when he wasn't even there. You know, that's that's those all those things. You know, you get the other offseason behind him. You get some more quote unquote normalcy, right? Is you know, will we go into that game? The only thing. I would really hate to see us getting the doors blown off, right? That that would suck. That you know that would yeah. be like, okay, you know yeah. what what why did this happen? You know, but if we go out and we lose relatively close or we win, whatever it is, you know, we're gonna lose games during the season at some point, right? You know, like that's just gonna happen. I don't think a single person thinks the Browns are gonna go seventeen and zero, right? Not an irrational one, at least. You know, I was so, gonna say there are plenty of irrational fans. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with Twitter, but there are several fans who will take 17 and 0, or they'll eat like a lime. So, yeah, yeah, that's I can't wait to see those rational fans out there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of them, you know, and that's that's on them, right? And I think the three of us here are all like, okay, let's just see what happens, you know. And if we win, great. If we lose, okay, get the doors blown off. Fuck, you know, that sucks, but it yeah. is what it is, you know. And that then you've got again time to fix that. There, you mentioned the Patriots, there were times when they would start like two and two, and everyone was like, oh, are they, is the dynasty over, right. you know? And then they would win like six in a row. And they're like, okay, this is fine, you know? So I, I mean, think that team, that team was fine with Matt Castle back in the day. It's like, right. you know, it's, it's, it's amazing the adversity good teams can overcome. So absolutely. You know, I, and I think we're, in, we're in that conversation for sure. So yeah. I, I, that's what I expect out of this team. If, if we start really crap in the bed and, you know, you go and lose to, to Kansas city and crap the bed after that, then mm-hmm. that would be something that I'd, I'd have to totally rethink the way I think about these, this Browns team, but right now I'm, I'm pretty damn confident and way yeah. more confident than I've been since hell, even in the mid eighties, we had all kinds of questions about the, yeah. I remember, you know, no one's going to remember it these days, but that offensive line, we'd always worry about Bernie Kosar back there getting beat up. And then, you know, Marty Schottenheimer, God rest his soul. Um, you know, his defensive schemes when we go into prevent defenses, you know, we had a lot of questions about those teams and I was never as um, confident as I am right now, because even back then you knew about Denver being out there with John Elway and you just knew, yeah, God, they just had the edge over us. I don't know that anybody's got the edge over us. You know, we showed we could play with Kansas city last year. You know, we know we could play with the bills. Yeah, we know in absolutely. this division, nobody scares me. I, I don't think that there's anybody in the AFC who I say, you know, boy, we're, I don't think we have the talent to beat. Them. Yeah, absolutely. So that puts us in a new spot. 
It does. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't, you know, it's, these are what they are, you know, they you take them with the grain of salt, but it was really funny watching, you know, those Madden ratings come out. Right. And you had the Browns yeah. like the fifth best rated right. team. And I was like, well, hold on. <laughs> so I wait a minute. And, you know, Brad and I were talking about it. We're like, wait, below like the Packers and like the Ravens, are we sure? Like we really, you know, I feel like we're built better than those teams almost. Right. Like, you know, right. one, you know, one guy goes down for the Ravens and they're just out, they're done. They're toast, you know, and you could say, you know, the, the Browns may be toast without Baker, but I feel like, you know, that's a tough comparison and it's getting really off topic, but, you know, I, I think that just kind of ties into the way this team is built. You know, I feel like even if Baker gets hurt, we could still kind of push ish, you know, you could still go out there and make some moves, but you look at other teams and you can't always say the same thing, you know, but it's just, it'll be a lot of fun. I'm excited for week one. And then, you know, week two, we've got, um, you know, the Texans and the bears Vikings, and it just kind of goes on. So it's, uh, it's exciting, but you know, the last thing I really kind of want to ask is, you know, when you look at the schedule here, I know we're not really worried about any teams or anything like that, but is there, you know, I guess with there being a 17th game that adds an extra kind of, you know, dynamic in there um, with some teams we get to play this year, um, is there anyone that you're really, I guess, excited to watch the Browns kind of take on whether, you know, I think the Lions are the one off team that we're playing this year that are really, um, so that's not too exciting, but is there any games, I guess, that you're really looking forward to more than normal? I would say, and, and this is, this may surprise you, uh, but the game that I'm most looking forward to is that Browns Packers game on Christmas. Mm. I just think that's so cool. You're yeah. playing, we're going to be playing up there at Lambeau, right? It's probably going to be bad weather. It's going to be very traditional. You know, the Cleveland Browns, the Green Bay Packers, Christmas Day, family. Perfect. You're going to be with Christmas. family. You're going to be around, you know, just in, in a good mood. And hopefully by that time, the Browns are going to be in a pretty darn good mood because we're going to be uh, sitting on a playoff clinch. Um, and who knows, maybe we're going to be playing Jordan Love over there on the other side, uh, playing quarterback for the Packers. But um, I just yeah. think that's – Wouldn't that be something? That would be a good Christmas present right there. Wouldn't it? We right there. Play Jordan Love. <laughs> right there. You know, we just went through everything with Major League Baseball where they did, you know, the Little League game with the Cleveland Indians and the Angels. And then you did the, the Field of Dreams game. And those are just kind of cool things, right? A little bit different. Yeah, yeah. And that's the way I look at this Christmas Day game with the Browns and, and the Packers. You know, all the other games, I'm going to be going in going, we got to win this. We got to win. Yeah, this. We gotta win this. sure. That one, we're going to be going in, going, got to win this. Oh, and by the way, this is really cool. I, I yeah. think I'm really excited about that. I think back to when the Cavs used to play on Christmas Day, and it used mm. to seem like it was a big deal playing against Golden yeah. State and stuff. And that was kind of fun. Now it's the Cleveland Browns on Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a blast. I, I can't wait for that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that, that's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, I, I agree. That's, that's one that kind of sticks out as you start looking through it, you know. And I think you know, that's what a four thirty game tentatively, right? So you know you yeah. get to you kind of get the morning, you get you you so get yeah, to enjoy you open the your first presence game. in the morning. You have yeah. your eggnog in the afternoon. You mm -hmm. kind of settle in by the fire. You get the whole family around you, and then you get your presence at night. Hopefully, right? Yeah, hopefully. The Browns yeah. beating the, the Browns hell out of the Packers <laughs> up at their place. Yeah, that would be something. What I mean, that would really. That would be a lot. I mean, that would just be too fun. Like he says, it's, it's going to be a traditional game for the Packers. It's it's for sure almost guaranteed to be crappy weather. It's going to be cold regardless. So yeah. that's, you know, we, we, we much as we talk about the Chiefs, if you can beat the Chiefs, obviously week one, that's, you know, big and arrowhead. But I think that Packers game, if you can go in there and beat the Packers, 
in their stadium and quote unquote their weather that's almost means more that i mean that would mean more to me personally also given it's closer to the end of the year and you should you know have your shit figured out kind of what kind of team you're going to be you know offense defense everything like that so i think that's definitely a more meaningful game right yeah yeah absolutely absolutely yeah so but i mean hell every just like it always is in cleveland every sunday is going to be an event now we've got obviously not only sunday at one o'clock it used to be for mm. years it was sunday at one o'clock now we move around the schedule and be on national yeah. tv and once again the browns have to deal with that because that with that comes expectations mm-hmm. everything's heightened a little bit so ho- hopefully they react well i think they will yeah it's like a weird time now we have a chance getting flexed and it's something we have to pay attention to back then we didn't have to really worry about that and that's that's new for the browns and many fans yeah they'd flex us to not being on tv if they could back in the yeah that's absolutely true yeah yeah that's fun yeah that's it's funny you got those few night games got the four the few that are four o'clock so it'll be great it'll be a lot of fun um, but you know, Chris, we didn't really have anything else. You know, we just kind of appreciate you coming on here with us again tonight. Um, is there anything you're, you kind of want to mention about the Browns anything you want to, you want to throw out there for everybody to kind of hear coming straight from you? No, just that I'm excited about this season. I think that's come through this and through, through our entire chat. Yeah. Here. Um, it's a long time coming for these Cleveland mm-hmm. Browns and it's a long time coming for us as fans. And, I'm just looking forward to enjoying it. Um, hopefully the Browns can hold up their end of the bargain this year. Mm-hmm. I think they will. I really yep. do. And uh, enjoy the ride, right? Yeah. I mean, that's Absolutely. what it's all about. I, you know, going back to that game back in 86 when I was a kid, seven years old, I'll never forget walking out of old Cleveland Municipal Stadium and having people just honking their horns and yelling out at cars and just everybody, here we go, Brownies, here we go. Mm. Ooh, ooh. You know, just, just yeah. everybody in the entire city. And, and just the time, you know, during the work week when people had like the plane dealer where it says Browns win, you know, taped mm. up in windows and just everybody, all of Cleveland was a Browns town. They're, you know, yeah. Indians, Cavs, whatever. No, whatever's <laughs> going on in your personal life, forget about it. You know, yeah. whatever problems you had, forget about it. Right now, we're talking about the Cleveland Browns. We're about to do something special. And that feeling, I want back in Cleveland. And I think that's going to happen this year. And I, I'd encourage everybody to enjoy the ride because mm. this is going to be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think also, that's the biggest thing we can do is enjoy the ride. I, I agree. That's It's going to be a fun year. I think, you know, if Cleveland, you know, Cleveland keeps winning, Cleveland keeps going, you know, obviously you've got fans back this year, that place is going to be crazy. You know, I mean, once you start getting a few weeks in, if they're really rolling, you know, I start looking at October when we play the Broncos at home and at night, you know, I, I think yeah. of what kind of atmosphere you could have there, you know, because by that be point. It's going to be oh, like yeah. a big, big party. It really will. If everything comes through like we hope it will, it'll be like a big party. Yeah. And if it doesn't turn out well and the wheels come off, then we riot. Then we ride it with the, we have another parade, right? You know, it is what it is. (laughs) Either way, it's going to be an interesting season. Yeah, it'll be fun. We'll either get to be talking about how the Browns are finally turning around or how we're back to November looking at a new coach, you know, and I I see that not happening in the slightest, right? But, you know, it's just, I think the biggest thing is enjoy it. It's going to be a fun season and whatever happens, happens. And that's all we can do for now. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Well, Chris, again, we, we appreciate you coming on. We're looking forward to, you know, watching this year, watching this year with everybody else on Twitter and on social. And just in general, it's just, it's going to be a lot of fun. It'll be a great time. We could say that 50 times over. Um, but if there's anything else, you know, you want to come on some other time or vice versa, we'd love to kind of chat with you again, see, you know, how the Browns are doing and we can either sulk in the glory or sulk in the misery or really have some fun in the, you know, glory of it all. So we'll have to, you know, keep in touch as the year goes on and see what we can do. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Logan. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks again. Yeah, thank you so much. And thanks, everyone, for listening with us this weekend. We'll, we'll talk, talk to you again. next week.